Welcome to Fandom 5. I am Brandon Ushio, and every episode I talk to someone about their Fandom 5. Five fandoms that have positively influenced their life. On the episode today, we have the random dude Josh, who I met while volunteering for FanX Comic Convention here in Salt Lake. He's a really cool guy, a podcaster and producer, and part of the Undercover Capes Podcast Network. And I really love how he has such a positive outlook on fandom. So let's just jump right in and talk to the random dude, Josh. So Josh, what is your fandom five? All right. So we're going to kick this off um, with just indie comics in general. I like, and the reason why I've selected that is one, we don't have to worry about continuity with indie comics because any book it's creating its own universe so but what about like the walking dead that had what 300 ish episodes or issues that was released i mean they create their own continuity right they do they do so but if you were to compare it to say and i'm going to reference the big two dc and marvel where there's always continuity issues across the board <laughs> andy you don't necessarily have to do that um, just some of the books that I've been kind of geeking out over lately, uh, Morgan's Organs, which, did you ever watch the movie Inside Out? Yes. Yeah. The Pixar movie about mm-hmm. all the, emo- all the emotions. Yes. So that taking that concept, except it's the organs within Morgan, <laughs> they have their own personality. Now I will know this is not necessarily, necessarily a kid-friendly book because <laughs> well you have brian the brain and pepe the i'll i'll just let your mind okay. go from there the, yeah 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 another a couple of ease to it yes exactly yes um but it's it's hilarious absolutely hilarious uh, you've got franklin and ghost who you know the these two Two characters, again, not so much a kid-friendly one, but uh, the creator who has created this universe, uh, Garrett Gunn, has these amazing characters with amazing writing. And with this universe, he's also created the um, Warcorns, Combat Unicorns for Hire. (laughs) That's awesome. Combat Unicorns for Hire. I mean... Who doesn't who doesn't want fighting unicorns? And the fact that he's woven all these books together. Yeah, he's he's woven all these together, so it's fantastic. So oh, he's kind and of made then, his own uh comic universe with this. Yes, he has, and it it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's, you know, that's and cool. then there's there's studios like Upshots, uh studios who have just recently come out with a whole new line of books and it's not your stereotypical superhero books. So, so uh, if somebody is used to reading the stereotypical superhero books, Mm -hmm. uh, what would be a good indie comic for them to bridge them over into the world of indie? Because indie comics are great because there's no one telling you what you can and can't have. But that Mm -hmm. also means that there are things that, 
people who have who've just read the big two publishers their entire lives are not going to be prepared for to see on the on the pages of their comic book is there something that you would recommend jumping Uh, over from marvel and dc i mean one of the big ones that just comes to mind spawn oh yeah the todd mcfarland Mm -hmm. yep which his kickstarter i don't know if you've noticed um he's doing a kickstarter right now for the seven inch figure like a, a revised version of what he made back in 95 in the first two days made over a million dollars on the kickstarter that's kind of nice to have the celebrity that Todd McFarlane has to promote things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, in, instead of going to retailers for this, he's making this specifically for the consumer. Yeah, so uh, some years ago, I was able to ask Stan Lee if mm-hmm. he were to work with a modern artist, what artist would he want to write the story for Spider-Man for? I asked him specifically Spider-Man because that's yeah. his favorite, right? Yeah, of course. And, uh, and his response was Todd McFarlane. So, oh. so I mean, yeah, it would, uh, a Stan Lee, Todd McFarlane story would probably be kind of crazy, but... yeah, It, w- it would be, yeah. But I mean, just those sorts of things. But I guess going back to the question, um, Spawn, uh, Bloodshot, mm-hmm. Valiant, Valiant Comics, Comics um, which I mean, they just released a movie with Vin Diesel playing Bloodshot. Yeah. And because of the current uh, COVID 19 lockdown, they made it available online. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, the studio Upshot, um, they put all of their comics online. Um, they've got one where it's called the resistance, which really kind of made things real because a virus plagued the earth and out of it came people with superpowers. I mean, a little ironic. So, Given what's mean, going on. Well, are you saying that are you breaking some news here that people are getting superpowers from this? I'm, I'm guessing not, but I can neither confirm nor deny this. So <laughs> all right all right (laughs) so that that's my first one is is indie comics so what's your second fandom second fandom ink master ink master is that the reality tv show about tattoos it is because there's so when when i started getting tattoos it was what what I thought was go to Pinterest, find something, and then have the artist just do that. Oh, no, 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 no. There's so much more in that. I mean, aside from the fact that, yes, you're putting something permanent on your body, but just so much that goes into it, whether it's, you know, the composition of the tattoo, the application, the subject matter, all the rules within it. I mean, you look at American traditional and... With American traditional, you're limited to only a certain number of colors that can be used. Because when that tattoo style was started, we didn't have all these colors of ink. Okay. And so artists had to use that very limited palette to really create these these works of art. You know, you've got Japanese tattoos, Polynesian I mean, so many various styles. And then to take the artist's interpretation of that is just absolutely phenomenal to me. I love that. 
you know, there's, there's, it's just like comic books. Like whenever somebody says, I don't like comic books, it's like, well, that's like saying, I don't like DVDs. Yeah. Because there's so many, so many more that you can branch out into so many different genres right there. And as somebody who knows nothing about tattoos, this is fascinating to me because, because I'm just like, well, don't they just draw something on you? Right. Like you were saying when you were first getting started, uh, you know, and I, I have learned over the years from friends that you're a tattoo artist, you got to find a tattoo artist that fits the style that you like, because Mm -hmm. like any artist, not all artists are the same in all styles. Is there a reason you chose ink masters instead of just tattoos then? So I, I like, you know, obviously the, the drama of it and throughout, I mean, they're, I think they're in season 13 now. Um, throughout each season, they've always brought artists back from previous seasons, sometimes special guest judges, coaches, you know, so they've developed this whole timeline. I mean, there, there's artists from seasons two and three that will come onto the show now. And it's like, you know, special guest appearance that everyone loses their sh- over does it i've never watched an episode does it follow the traditional history channel a e type reality tv show is it a competition like chopped or is it like it is, a- it is, it is a, a competition so a lot of times you'll have a flash challenge where they highlight a specific aspect of tattooing whether it's uh, precision legibility flexibility uh, fundamentals. Um, the one episode I watched, they had to create an image on the side of a tour bus, a 45 foot tour bus using just postcards. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, okay. That was going to be my next question on this show. Do they get like people who are willing to be guinea pigs, so to say, or it sounds Mm -hmm. like they have them. So it's like, Hey, test out this new style that you've never done before. And here's a willing participant. (laughs) So there there are human canvases as they call them. And a lot of times they will come in with ideas of what, what they want and where the, the drama aspect of the show comes into play is, you know, the team that won or the person that won the flash challenge gets to decide what the artists do. So they will ask, you know, what what are you looking to get? And then, you know, they'll they come up with some crazy ideas like biomechanical raven on my sternum. And you're just like, what? <laughs> what why? What why? Why would you want, let alone why would you want it on the sternum? And so there's where the drama aspect of it comes into play. Okay. <laughs> I can just imagine this now. Like, and you know, there, there are some people who are like, you might be concerned about, uh, about getting a tattoo because it's like, this is forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I can just imagine some regret from some people five years down. Like, Why did I ask that guy who specialized in cats mm-hmm. to do a biomechanical Raven on my sternum? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and then there's the people come up with these crazy ideas and the artists are sitting there going, I have six hours to put this together. And what you're wanting is like a 24 hour thing. Like, <laughs> I get it. They volunteered. They're getting a free tattoo. So would you ever be a human canvas on the show? 
I've thought about it, but I think the part that terrifies me is the fact that I am so particular in what I get, where I get, and does it build into my plan of what I want to get? Because I don't want to just throw something random in there and then either have to work around it or cover it up because cover-ups are... I got a touch up one time and mm -mm, nope, it hurt. that hurt more than getting the fresh tattoo. Really? Oh, really? yeah. Because it's scar tissue. All right, let's take a quick break to hear about our sponsors before we jump into the next fandom. All right, so that is your second fandom. What's your third fandom? Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, mm -hmm. the trading card game that kept you from ever having any money when you were in junior high, if you're anything like the stereotype. So I actually started playing, I, I learned about 10 years ago. Okay. So it was just one of those, when I first heard about it back in the 90s, that's when I was like, ah, that's that's not my thing. I no. <laughs> That's what those nerds do. No, that Exactly. Now, now look at me, um, <laughs> but I got, I got curious one time. I saw a bunch of friends, friends playing and I thought, why, why not, you know, see what this is about. So I learned the rules, learned, learned the concept of the game and just started playing. And now that I'm 10 years later, I, like I, I'm sitting here at my desk and I, I've got like a stack of cards to my left. I've got a stack in front of me. I got a stack to my right. I've got some over there. I mean, I've got some in my hands. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I, I am. Well, much like a video game or, or even comic books, they're always coming out with new sets, new mm -hmm. cards, new mechanics. So there, there's two aspects. You've got the game itself, but then you also have the lore or the stories behind the game. Okay. And it, it's... How do they release that? Is that like a thing that they release in instruction booklets, or is it something that you find online? So find it online. They've also got various authors who will write full novels based on this. So these are sanctioned novels then mm -hmm. that are, this is the official canon of Magic the Gathering. Yep. So, so have you gotten into any of those? Surprisingly, not yet. <laughs> yeah, I like how you qualified that. Yet. Not yet. Yet. No, the, the thing that I love about the game is no two games are going to be the same. And the decks that you use are really based on how you build them. What's your play style? What sort of things do you like? Are you a life game? Do you like to control? Do you like to burn the crap out of your, your opponent? Do you like to sacrifice your own stuff to bring it back from the dead? Do you like to play a game to make your opponents want to flip the table faster than Monopoly would? <laughs> I like to, I just like to make people mad. And so I'm going to just do all the things to drive them nuts. I have a deck that will do that. By turn three, if it's running the way it's supposed to, you're dead in the water. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious, Josh. 
So, so it, it's just the downfall is it's an much like tattoos, it's an expensive hobby. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be to get started, right? No, 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 no. I mean, you you could honestly, there's a couple ways you could do it. You can, I mean, right now they've got their online game that teaches you the game. You go through challenges, you unlock cards that way, and you don't have to spend a penny. So, I mean, that that's a great way if you want to learn. Teaches the rules, teaches the mechanics, teaches the basics, and then... You go from there. Hmm. Hmm. But the, so, the physical cards is my favorite part because of the the interaction you have with with the person you're playing against or the group. So how do you store those physical cards? Do you just keep big old boxes? Mm -hmm. okay. I've got a I've got a bunch of long boxes full of cards. It's <laughs> now the the cards that I I use. You know when I'm when I'm playing. I mean I've got them. Um, let me see. Because like I said, I've got some right here. <laughs> I mean, I, I've got some, I've got them sleeved. So that way, it just, it keeps them nice. You're ready to go. I have thought, <clears throat> so I've got some of the old X-Men comic trading cards mm -hmm. uh, that are just sitting in a box. And I'm like, these are, the art on this does me no good. Because that's part of what I like about any trading card, really. Yeah. Is they, they all have art gorgeous art and i've thought on my nerd wall behind me here to make a wooden plaque with a bunch of the card sleeves like glued that down to it awesome. so like so i could just display them in a wooden plaque but yeah no that and that that would be awesome like and that's probably the other thing about the game that i do enjoy is is the artwork because each card has you know specific artists that do that that make a contribution to it Especially if you get some of the older cards and you look at it and go, okay, mid-90s, it looks awesome. So you, Is it, you was it like comic books? Did they have pouches and big guns? And... <laughs> no, um, you know, let, let me see. So for example, I'll, I'll bring this one up. So this this is this is how prepared I was. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Oh man. So you've got the card. I don't know if you can see that. Pestilence. Okay. So this particular this particular one is from the revised edition. So you have alpha, beta, and then revised. But you look at the artwork on that. Let me get in in focus. You know that it's that's some pretty gruesome looking stuff. But you look at comics from the nineties how you know we look at the comics from the past same concept we admire the older stuff now yeah no it's definitely nostalgia play a lot of times mm -hmm. uh i yeah i i think that there's a lot to be said about playing with nostalgia and having that but there's you know the new stuff in 20 years there's going to be kids nowadays who are like man this was from my childhood this was awesome because like you won't pogs. be able to find it then like pogs Oh, oh yeah, like pogs completely. <laughs> I've I, I have somewhere I've got a set of pogs. I had the coolest slammer in the world. It was awesome. Yeah, I have my uh, Batman and Robin pog. I've got the Green Power Ranger, Sub Zero. I think those are the only pogs I kept. 
Oh, oh, and Jean Grey is Phoenix. Can't. Oh, can't no, of course you got to keep the Jean Grey Phoenix stuff. Oh, so, oh, yeah. um, so with Magic the Gathering, is there? If if somebody was like, man, I just don't know. I just, it just seems like that's what all the nerds in junior high went to go do. Uh, what would be your pitch to say, no, you got to give it a shot. This is how it is. This is something that you wouldn't expect about it. How would you pitch them on that? It's a game that you can get friends together and just have a great time. That That's really what it is. You know, you get, especially if you know, like your tendencies of your friends, like, oh, so-and-so is going to be one where they're very reactive I get, and they want to destroy stuff. Well, I want to go ahead and play a deck that's going to counter that. <laughs> I want to mess with my friends. Exactly. I mean, I've got friends who have, uh, like, for example, I was playing against a friend of mine who has this deck that creates an unlimited amount of rats. It creates a chain reaction where I think at one point on the battlefield, we had well over 500 rats. Okay. And I'm sitting there having a mini panic attack inside going at any moment. He's going to send 500 little one, one rats to me and I got to figure out how to destroy them all. <laughs> so what you're saying is he Zerg rushed you in Starcraft terms. Exactly. Yep. It is the same as the Zerg rush, only slightly more terrifying. <laughs> Cause it's rats. Exactly. So. <laughs> um okay so so it's a it's a fun way to mess with your friends uh just hang out to know mm -hmm. and and figure you learn a lot about somebody that way i'm sure and their game oh, style yeah. and their gameplay so yeah all right what is your fourth fandom this is going to sound very cliche podcasting podcasting imagine that we've got somebody who loves Weird. podcasting on a podcast here i know it just, there, there's so much that goes into it. You know this just as well as anyone. I mean, coming up with ideas, you know, how do we come up with something that people want to listen to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the trick right there. Like, I can talk till I'm blue in the face, but unless it's interesting to someone. Yeah. I mean, that's the million dollar, that's the million dollar question right there is how do I make it interesting? Exactly. I mean, from from the pre-production coming up with ideas coming up with topics securing guests um, the technology that's needed for it and, and that then, technology has become so much more accessible in the past oh, yeah a couple of years even oh, uh, yeah. i mean even even Streamyard, what we're using right now uh this it makes live streaming this podcast recording mm -hmm. so much easier because I thought about doing this for years, but it wasn't until recently that I'd seen this and it wasn't until the lockdown that I was like, Oh, okay. Now I've got an excuse to, to put my mug on the internet. So my, my first be. experience with Streamyard, we had, uh, it was on April, Sunday, April 5th, uh, the undercover capes podcast network and comic crusaders. We did a 12 hour virtual con. <laughs> we had guests lined up. We had, I mean, we even did a movie screening. We, it, it was, it was awesome. We had, I, I think at one point, six or seven people in, in the stream at once. And it worked great. Wish we would have had this a couple of years ago. It would have been fantastic, but <laughs> here we are. I mean, you, you look at the technology, I mean, headphones, 
the microphones, everything is now become more accessible. When I started four years ago, I was just using my laptop and my, just the same headphones I'd use on my phone. But now I've been able to upgrade. And then you look at the post-production side of it, editing. I've learned so much more about sound and audio and how that all works. See, and that is something that I, in podcasting, I would say that's kind of the bane of my existence is the editing and mm -hmm. all of that work. Uh, Al points out that Josh is an amazing member of the UCPN oh. and wears many hats. I've talked to you. You're one of the few people that I've talked to who actually enjoys the editing process. <sighs> Some days. Some days. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And also the content, right? Uh, yes, exactly. Um, the, the editing is fun. When, when I started editing, it was because the guy that we had, you know, ha had to leave, you know, take a break for personal reasons, which, which I get. So I was like, okay, you know what? We need to get these edited. We need to get these released. We need to keep the consistency going in order for our, our network to grow. And so I, it, it ended up becoming a skill that self-taught. And I'm still always learning new and new things, new and new tricks to whether it's improve the quality, um, add, you know, sound effects, all of that. Right. And that's, <laughs> that, that, that can be quite the, you think it'd be easy. You think it would just be easy to put a little bit of sound effects in, but if you don't do it right, it can really destroy the entire, the entire flow of things. It's true. And then there's the social media side of it. You know, I think the one thing that a lot of times people forget is, as podcasters is to, to some degree, we are all public figures. And so well, everything you're over... doing off of the podcast, uh -huh. you have to take that into consideration too. Yeah. Now there is a, uh, there's a, a website that tracks how many podcasts are in the Apple podcast directory. Mm -hmm. And th there's over a million podcasts in that directory now, which is kind of the de facto standard. Google has says that they have indexed over 2 million, but th there's concerns as to whether they're duplicates or old or active, you know, yeah. things like that. Uh, but the fact, the sheer fact that you can get uh there are that many out there you're no we're no longer in a if we build it they will come phase yeah. you have to let people know about it they have to be able to see it and you have to do some marketing uh which is i tell you that's the hardest thing for most podcasters uh i heard a stat from a radio guy saying look 20 percent of your time should be made should be spent making the content and 80 percent of your time should be spent marketing it for an independent podcast oh yeah and it's just so that people know it's there it's like an extra, it's like another 40 hour job. Yeah. That <laughs> one day, one day I'll start bringing in money, but at, at the end of the day, it's more of a passion. And so that's why when you asked me to, to be a part of this, of which I'm super excited, we finally got to do, finally got to do a podcast together. Um, yeah. We've been talking about this for years. At, at least three, but yeah. who's counting? <laughs> 
but so i'm so I, and I will completely own that i am terrible at doing interviews and scheduling interviews and things like no, that you're, you're good and that was part of my that was part of my new year's resolution was okay i am going to be better at interviewing people and talking to people and things like that because i haven't been and that's something that it, it helps because it helps spread the word. It helps get new, fresh opinions on. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I've, as I've been, and I haven't told anyone this, uh, but as I've been thinking about what to do, because these fandom fives have been a lot of fun. I actually think I'm going to spin it off into its own separate podcast so that I can keep doing that and then still have the discussion with Nick and Taylor about the nerdy topics that we want to talk mm-hmm. about in the news and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, surprise. I guess I should tell Nick and Taylor that too. Have the breaking news right here first. Breaking- so. exclusive right right <laughs> here right now um but no it's a there's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work and uh it's but you know and for introverts like me it's a really good introverted way to be extroverted mm-hmm. because i'm at the I mean, yes we're talking to each other face to face ish right now because of Streamyard, yeah. but i'm sitting in my office in my house looking at my computer Mm-hmm. And you're, I'm assuming, doing the same thing all by yourself. I'm nobody's, nobody's around me right now. Well, I've, I've and, got, the, I've got the dog next to me. Uh, I kicked the dog out. She likes to, she likes um, to pull on cables. So he, he's, he likes to sleep. He's, I've got him trained that when I'm sitting, headphones I'm, on means headphones I go sleep. On, the mic is in front. It's sleepy time. Nice, nice. So, all right. So, podcasting. What are a couple of your favorite podcasts to listen to? And and don't feel pressured to say the fandom podcast. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Don't. We, we'll take. We'll take both of our shows out of the so mix. In, in no particular order, the fandom podcast. Um, That's cheating. I said I, don't do that. I, well, I said in no particular order. Oh, okay. Um. So here's kind of the funny thing with with me listening to podcasts. I don't do it because every time I start listening. I go into editing mode. You could have taken that out. Yeah. So it, it really is kind of difficult for me to, to really enjoy them because my brain is wired of, okay, I got to do this and this and this and this and this. But that being said, uh, there's one, one podcast called two cups of Joe. And it had Joey Fatone from NSYNC and his manager, Joe, just talking about random stuff. And it was fantastic. I wish they had more. Uh, that that was one that I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I've started listening to a lot more of the, the audio. Audio dramas. Audio dramas. Because there, there was one that I started listening to. It was the Dark Phoenix Saga of X-Men. Really? So they just put that up on. Well, these are the ones that uh, Marvel's doing with like Stitcher and stuff, right? They've got a Wolverine one, and I didn't know they did the Dark Phoenix. So, well, the the Dark Phoenix one, I think, was done by somebody else, but just the fact that it's taking that old, you know, forty style of listening to a play on the radio, Uh translating it to uh, to a podcast. the screw tape letters is another one. I was able to find that, uh, and it was performed by John Cleese from Monty Python. Oh, nice. 
and if you've never read the screw tape letters, I highly recommend it. Fantastic. That's the, that's the uh, C.S. Lewis one, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Where Wormwood and screw tape are writing back and forth to each other. And it's essentially one of the devil's agents trying to describe man. <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I mean, I would be cruel to not say the, you know, I'm just going to say the Random Dad Chronicles, which is one that that I did, but there's a particular reason why that's why I bring that one up. Okay, that is one that I have done with my son when he's out here visiting. Oh, that's awesome. You know, where we just, we take 10 minutes, we review a comic book and, and just talk about it. But for me, it's memories that are now etched forever. Memories with him at the age that he is. Yeah. I, uh, in the past, I've recorded a couple episodes with my children and this, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's only been a few years, but you know, when they're young, a few years makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fun to listen to them talk about why they like rescue bot so much where now they just kind of roll their eyes and I'm too cool for this. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, you're right. That is a fun way to, to, uh, lock that into stone. Yeah. So it, it's like the new version of a homemade, uh, your home video. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it's audio and, you know, audio has a way to connect with people. I just, I remember I, you know, over the past few years of seeing people finding tapes I, early in my marriage, actually, my mother-in-law put in a tape into the cassette player that was on her counter. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm old um, and hit play. And it was her dad. Somebody was interviewing her dad. I think her brother was interviewing her dad for a college class. Mm -hmm. And all of those kids, and I never met uh, her dad because he passed away when my wife was in elementary school. Okay. But all, uh, all of those kids came into that kitchen and just sat and listened because they were able to listen to grandpa's voice. Yeah. And I think podcasts have a great way to uh, mimic that and to, and to give you the ability to connect with people. Uh, I mean, Literally, where the voice is inside of people's heads, I know. <laughs> as they're as as they're listening, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've been in a conversation and had somebody say, uh, bring up something. I'm like, oh yeah, I. And in my head, I was like, oh wait, I heard this from a podcast. But it's like, but my first reaction was to say, I heard my. I had a friend say something about that and go into it. It's like, oh wait, no, I you know, it's interesting. Um, I have met some people who listen to the podcast, and they. And they talk to me like I'm their best friend and like I've met you once or twice. And so but I'm extremely grateful for those people who do that because it forces me to reach out. And I've got a couple of podcaster friends who we maintain, I think, an asynchronous relationship <laughs> by listening to each other's podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so we see each other for the first time in a year and we can just sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. Have you ever had, now we're, we're going to turn the tables here. Have you ever had that moment where someone comes up to you and you're wearing your fandom podcast shirt and say, wait, you're, are, are, are you, you're, you're on that. And they get that starstruck feeling. Have you ever well, had that moment? That, I, I don't know about starstruck, but I, I have had that happen to me. And it was actually, uh, so the friend of the show 
Andrew Jurowski from the Protagonist podcast. Mm-hmm. He, uh, I was, I was at Fanex actually with my kids, and for a couple of weeks, I had been talking to talking. It was the year that we were breaking the record of, uh, or oh, the world record, yeah, the, the world record with so many cosplayers uh, cosplaying a superhero in one in one. I, I I remember that show. And so for weeks, I was saying, "Hey, I'm going to be there with my kids. This one kid's going to be the Hulk. The other one's going to be Iron Man. I'm going to be Superboy. We're going to be there. If you see me, say hi." And my one my one child, he just ran off down the hall, and I hollered out to him to come back here now. And mm-hmm. so he he stopped, and he comes back, and and Andrew came up to me and said, "Are you are you are you Brandon Uchio from the Fandom Podcast?" And I was like, "Yes, yes, I am." And he was like, "I recognized your voice because I you know I had to holler, and yeah. you know, and it, you know, it, it, it's happened a few other times where I'll be talking to somebody like, "Oh yeah, no, I listened to your show." It's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, it's it's a real moment, especially with you know smaller podcasts that have someone that you don't know come up to you and say, "Wait, I've I've heard you," and you're like, (laughs) like inside, it's a mini panic attack. Like, oh god, someone's heard me. Somebody's actually listening to this. So we did a live stream the other day and I posted it to my personal Facebook because ostensibly we were talking about my fandom five. I, I think we got through all of them, but it took, a, it took us a while. Um, <laughs> and it was a, and, and my dad said, Hey, I watched some of that live stream. And I was like, Oh, okay. What did I say? Did I, did I talk about my dad? I don't think I talked about my dad. <laughs> so, <laughs> so no, we we just talked about some of the he he talked about it. He's like, yeah, I, I knew that, and I introduced you to that. I'm like, yeah, no, I mentioned that. So yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 a lot of fun. So all right, we have the first four of your fan of five are indie comics, Ink Master, the tattoo reality TV show, Magic the Gathering card game, uh, podcasting, not necessarily podcast listening, but podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I've got a guess as to what your fifth one is based off of our previous conversation, but I'm going to let, and maybe even based off of one of your podcast recommendations, uh, but I'm going to let you tell it. What is your fifth fan? Oh, no, no. I want to, I want to see, I want to hear what your guess is. Go ahead. Well, you talked about two cups of Joe and how it's Joey Fatone uh, from a boy band. And we've and, and we've discussed your love of boy bands in the past. So I'm going to say your fifth fandom and your fandom five is boy bands. Am I close? No. What? Way off. It's I do love bands. boy bands. I do love boy bands. I do love my pop music, but I would not put that up at the top five. Okay. All right. Then what is your fandom five? What's your final country, fandom? Country music country music so i was close and it was it was music it was music it, it, it was music but where you were focusing on one niche of music it's just it, it, it's neighbor <laughs> i don't know well no well, rascal flats i mean they could be a boy band that's country right they could i mean sure um <laughs> no that really stems back to, you know, early childhood memories. I mean, at, at the end of the day, music is supposed to make you feel good. Uh huh. So, you know, so why country music then? That makes it's all about uh, losing your dog and your and your <laughs> true love and your truck breaking down on the side of the road. It, it, it seems like it so much do, country is tragic. Well, 
yes, but it's the memories associated with it. Okay. All right. I like that. So, so I mean, at any point, like if someone were to turn on um, Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, Travis Tritt, you know, Clint Black, George Strait. I mean, you you look back at the, the country artists from the late 80s, the 90s. That that was some great, great music in country. I can't do the Willie, the Willie Nelson. I can't do that older stuff. It's just too twangy, too. It's no. And so what? So you stopped at the '90s. Is there a reason you stopped at the '90s, or does it change again when we get into the 2000s? Uh, the 2000s does take more of a pop turn, where they try to mix a little more rock into it, a little, you know, a little more pop into it, and it doesn't really go into uh he does not know no 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 al is wrong <laughs> but no for me it really is the memories associated with it the fact that i can go back and listen to you know a garth brooks song and i can remember um what's going on i do like johnny cash Johnny Cash was good. I wouldn't put him up there if I had to do a top five of country artists. He wouldn't make make that list. Um, but just yeah, country music in general. If I'm so then who so, so then who is on your top five of your country music then? Ooh, okay. So we're, we're gonna do some nested fives here. Okay, Nest, nested fives. Um, obviously Garth Brooks. Um, we've got Alan Jackson. Oh, let's see. Surprisingly enough, um, Thomas Rhett. I have no idea who that is. So Thomas Rhett, he's actually a current, current artist. Okay. But his, the music, the songs that he's been coming out with have been fantastic. Um, hold on, I gotta. Let me check my iTunes playlist because <laughs> what have I listened oh, to the most lately? exactly um so, so while you're looking at that i did I, when i was in high school i went through a big country music phase as well and yeah. i will say that i saw a lot of the same similarities that you were say, see, saying and talking about with the pop music switching over right around the 2000s i mean yeah. heck taylor swift was was that and i will say uh there there are a lot of really good melodies and uh a lot of amazing harmonies in it which as somebody who liked the more classical side of music i appreciated that a lot mm -hmm. the vowel shapes when they were singing weren't always what was considered uh yeah. proper but it was a lot of fun and i'll tell you as a uh hormonal teenager so many times so many things being life or death and things like that mm -hmm. it was like okay yeah i can i can associate with this yeah so all right who else was on your Top uh, five. Josh Turner. Josh Turner. So uh so he's he's, he's a really more recent good. one as well. He, he is a, another one of the recent ones. Uh Brian White and Paul Brandt. And then of course, uh see, I can't limit it to just five. Because, <laughs> that, because then you have like Reba McIntyre, Winona Judd, the Judds. Um, you've got Carrie Underwood, you've got Shania Twain. I mean the list could honestly go on and on. And you you never get 
tired of it. Yeah. Like I, I went through a stint where I listened through all of NSYNC's albums, all the Backstreet Boys albums, and it got old. Same thing with Justin. Listen to all of his stuff. 98 Degrees, listen to all their stuff. And I was like, oh, I need something to listen to. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I've got, I've got country. It's always been my, my fallback genre. Conway Twitty. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to have words with Almega later. <laughs> Actually, what, what's going to happen? So uh, Saturday, we are going to be streaming live. Uh, funny enough, on on uh, StreamYard, uh, we're going to be playing some Mortal Kombat 11. He's going to suffer greatly. <laughs> I'm going to guess that your main character in Mortal Kombat 11, based off of our POG discussion, it, is, is uh, what was it, Scorpion that you still have? Yep, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Although Sub -Zero. it will be even more humiliating when I absolutely annihilate him with spawn because he loves spawn so he's yeah he's going down <laughs> i will mention this moment and i will do a shameless plug for the fandom podcast on that stream when i am absolutely decimating him <laughs> all right so josh you, you mentioned that you've got your live stream where else can people find you they they're like hey he's got some good opinions on fandoms Let's let's talk. And where else can you find? So undercovercapes.com, comiccrusaders.com. I mean, in all reality, just Google the random dude Josh and you'll get it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything else that you want to make sure that you cover before we wrap this up? Oh, I again I appreciate being able to come onto the show. I've been looking forward to this all week, actually. Oh, I'm I'm, so, I'm super stoked that it finally was able to happen. It took a quarantine where I can do these during. <laughs> yeah, very, to, very much so. And what we'll have to do is, we'll have to bring you on to Undercover Capes, and we'll we'll have some fun. All right, big shout out to Josh. Thank you again for joining me on this episode of Fandom Five. I love how he's just like with Magic the Gathering. He's like, well, why not? Why don't I just try that? Uh, I would definitely recommend anybody. If you're curious about a fandom, just give it a shot. If you would like to share your Fandom 5, send me an email to feedback at fandompodcast.com. Right now, my schedule is pretty flexible, as I'm hoping many of yours are as well. We don't have to do a live video. We can record it, and then that way I can edit it if you're nervous about that. If you want to do it live, it's a lot of fun. Again, feedback at fandompodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more people talk about the things that they like, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcatcher. And until next time, may the fandom be with you. <laughs>